Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from the Olivet Discourse, my commentary on it. And we've got to the place that I think in the prophecy that is the answer to the question that the disciples were asking. What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And all these things happening that you're talking about, a, a temple falling down and no stones left on, it, on one another. And I believe Jesus has answered that now, in starting in verse 15 that we covered last time. And this horrible thing that's going to happen, this abomination of the temple being filled with someone that ought not to be there, and the hall of Jerusalem being surrounded by its enemies, all of that thing happening. And now Jesus says there's going to be a response to this. There's going to be things some of you must do when you see this. This is a clear sign. I mean, it's it's not just lead, something leading up to or that happens in every age, like all these other things. No, this is this is a one-time, well, it's not one-time, but it is a fulfillment of prophecy that's a repeat of history, really. It's going to happen again. Listen carefully, though. And I really, if, if you could get that last audio and you haven't heard it yet, you need to go there first because I can't go back and explain all of that. But Judeans are to flee. Look at 2416. Those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Same thing in Mark. Actually, the same thing in Luke. The account now flows together. All three of the writers flow together. Matthew, Mark, Luke. In lockstep, letting us know again, this is the very same prophecy in each gospel. Though it has divergent parts, those are the parts that one person heard, the others didn't hear. Now, this has already happened in history to some measure. Jews fleeing to the mountains. The siege of Jerusalem. It's not its first by any means, was an awful time of suffering in A.D. 70. And those who could get away, got away. But we've established that the scenario must be repeated. Why? Daniel 9.27 speaks of one who makes Jerusalem desolate and precedes a horrible destruction of Jerusalem. Daniel 12.1 speaks of people who will be rescued from the unrepeatable, unrepeatable time of distress preceding the resurrection immediately. Zechariah speaks of people fleeing in the last days, and then the Lord will come. You see how all that fits together in those prophecies? Well, it fits together here too. Revelation 12, which was written after that destruction in 70 AD, Revelation 12 speaks of how the enemy persecutes Israel, and yet Israel is spared and nourished in the wilderness. Then it is that remnant, then it is that the remnant of Israel will, Zechariah 12, 10, look on him whom they pierced. Oh, they pierced him 2,000 years earlier, but now they're going to look on the one that they pierced. It all fits together, but Israel must be warned. Another attempted extermination of the Jews is still in their future, and Jesus is telling us about it right here. Judeans are not to try to retrieve anything from the house, 24, 17, 13, 15. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down, says Matthew, to get things out of his house, says Mark, nor go in to get anything out of his house. In a semi-arid climate, 
Rooftops are used for a number of things. There's nothing unusual about people being on the housetop. Now, if you saw a man on the housetop around where I live, you would think strange things about him, but not in those days at all, and in parts of the world to, to this day. The point is, on your way out of the house, even if you're on the very top, don't stop by the lower chambers to gather valuables. Just run. I see pictures of 9-11 in our country, the dense smoke, the added danger of chemical or even nuclear weapons in those days, where every breath can be deadly. Stop. Uh, don't stop. Run. Don't stop until you're in a safe area for breathing. Yes, the admonition actually fits first and 21st centuries and beyond. Judeans, leave your cloak in the field. 2418, whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. Exactly the same in Mark. So you went out to work in the field one cool morning, covered up with a cloak. You got to your workplace. You removed your cloak. You started working. Eventually, you were far from that cloak, intending to pick it up on your way home from the field that evening. Forget it. When the word comes to you about what is happening, start running. Cloak or no cloak. Nothing matters now but your survival. Judeans, get out of the city. This is Luke. And those who are inside the city must leave. And those who are in the country must not enter the city. The danger is in the city. Get off your housetop, leave the city. If you're in a field, run as far from the city as you can. If you happen to be out of the city when the tragedy occurs, whatever happens, don't go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the target of God's and man's punishment. Run, run. And woe to the pregnant and the nursing. Matthew, but woe to those women who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Exactly the same in Mark. In fact, essentially the same in Luke also. The scene described calls for immediate exit and tireless running for great periods of time to avoid the fallout of explosions. No place for a slow jog. The pregnant, in attempting to keep up, could lose their babies. Nursing mothers will be encumbered by a child hanging on to them for dear life. Run, run, save your life if you can but many will not. And then pray to avoid this escape in the winter or on a Sabbath. Notice here, Jesus is letting us know how God has, the Father has revealed certain things to him. Even though he is God the Son, certain things have not been revealed to him. He doesn't know what season it will be and what time of year or any of that. He doesn't know. But he knows it's coming. He, he can give you all these details, but not the time. 2420, moreover, pray that when you flee, it will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath. Mark just mentions winter. The victims of this assault have already been told to leave all their belongings behind. That would include any clothing that could protect them from winter's elements. And if there are winter winds and even snow, it does happen occasionally in that part of the world, or a pelting rain, uh, as they dash out of Jerusalem, what a hindrance that would be. What will the religious Jews do when they're faced with the possibility of violating the Sabbath by running more than the allowed one-eighth of a mile that the rabbis had enjoined? Will he be steadfast? Will he keep the Sabbath and die? And then this verse that you really, really need to hear. It's in 2421. 
13, 19, 21, 22, and 23. Listen carefully. For then, when, when all this happens, from the abomination, verse 15 of Matthew 24, from verse 15 on to right now, then, at that time, you know what then means, will be a great tribulation, such as has not, listen, has not occurred since the beginning of the world and nor ever will again. Oh, Mark, for those days will be such a time of tribulation as has not occurred since the beginning of the creation which God created until now and never will again. Hear it well. Even Luke joins in because these are the days of punishment so that all things which have been written will be fulfilled. For there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. Hmm. Wrath to this people. Here's the passage. Listen. That demands that Jesus is talking about an end time scenario. Not something that will take place in AD 70, as awful as that was. And it was. Here also, using all three accounts, we must conclude, I conclude that this is Jacob's trouble, spoken of by Jeremiah in Jeremiah 30, verse 7. That is, it is a judgment leveled on Israel for its ongoing idolatry and especially its rejection of Messiah. This people is the key here. Much of the world will feel the effect of what happens during these days, but Israel will bear the brunt of it. The day of mercy is ending for them and for all of us. The chance to repent will now be over. Judgment has come. An unprecedented judgment. Never anything like it in history. Think of the Noahic flood. Think of the world wars. Think of the Holocaust. Think of A.D. 70. Famines and all the things that have happened during the world. No, nothing will even touch this. So although that first century attack was horrific, it was only a preview of what's going to happen in this picture that Jesus is painting of the last days, answering the question the disciples asked, the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. And so thank God that the disciples asked that question so Jesus could answer it and have somebody, three guys, write it down so that he that reads can understand, as we talked about last time. Well, they'll be killed, captured, scattered, trampled. I'm in Luke still. Here's where Luke goes off, but he heard things that they didn't hear, or he decided to record things that Jesus said that they decided not to record. It says they will fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, to be consistent with the flow of the text and the clear words that have been spoken about an unprecedented tribulation and wrath to Israel, we've got to include this very difficult description in the series of events that will take place. To be remembered is the revelation of John, who consistently with Daniel speaks of a three and one half year period of tribulation. 
what we've just read is not to be accomplished in a day. Oh, yes, there's still time for Jews to be sent to the nations. You say, how could that be happening again? They already went and they came back. No, they're going to be sent. It'll be a scattering of millions. We've been able to see now how this will work once more by Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Where are untold thousands of Ukrainians today? In Ukraine? No. In the nations. Scattered all over Europe and the United States. I'm not saying this is the fulfillment. I'm just saying this is how it can happen that quickly. And like some of the cities of Ukraine, Israel's Jerusalem will be trampled by invading armies headed by Antichrist as the world will turn against Israel under his leadership. In a day of nuclear possibilities, cautious political leaders will still use conventional warfare when needed. And the sword, you say, falling by the edge of the sword, well, there's also visible in today's world the sword of Muhammad's people. Oh, yeah, they still kill with swords in our day. They behead with swords. We've all seen it now. All these things can come to pass and will because God said they would. Everything that has happened in the past will happen again and be multiplied and magnified in the final playing out of God's perfect justice. Is there any hope of relief during this time? Matthew and Mark share that part of the story. And it's not about a secret rapture. There's no hint of his having come somewhere during this time secretly and gathered his elect to heaven. No, quite the contrary. What about the times of the Gentiles? I understand that Israel was overtaken by other nations, that Jerusalem was taken over by Gentiles for quite some time. But they, they came back, the Jews did. They've taken it back. It's now theirs, and yet Jesus hasn't come. No, the time element here is 42 months. You don't have to spiritualize that. You don't have to try to figure out what it could be. It means 42 months, same as 1,260 days, same as three and a half years. It's the same number said different ways in Daniel and in Revelation. 42 months are given to the nations to take over the holy city, according to Revelation 11. The same three and a half years time period sprinkled throughout the book. Luke and John are in perfect accord. Even the very word for tread upon, that's what it says in Revelation 11 and here in Luke 21, tread upon or trample. It's the same word in Luke and in Revelation. Scripture interprets scripture. And then the abbreviated time for the tribulation to favor the elect in 2422. If those days had not been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Mark says, and if the Lord had not shortened those days, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. Mark likes to spell things out for you, the sake of the elect whom he chose. Once more, we turn to Ukraine for an understanding of this. Eventually, sieges and bombardments and attacks 
must stop there, or the nation is emptied of all of its people by death or escape. Usually, sane men realize it's absurd to be fighting over a country that no longer even exists. And so peace is made. Which elect are meant here? What do we mean by the elect? Is it the Jewish remnant or the Church of Jesus? Some people want to smoosh all those together into one. I don't do that. I don't think you should either. The slaughter of Christians is a given in Revelation. And they're taken immediately to be with the Lord. So the ending of hostilities would not necessarily be a benefit to them. We read elsewhere that the remnant of Israel is carried off to a place of safety during this time. That's in Revelation. They are the ones that will meet their Messiah and repent of their sin, I believe in Zechariah. They also are the ones who will be present to initiate the reign of Christ when he returns soon after the tribulation is over. For their sake, even where they are hiding, all the spreading of noxious wartime poisons must stop. It would seem to me that they will emerge from their hiding place and come back to Jerusalem, joining the entire body of Christ in a glorious meeting on Mount Zion. You can look at Revelation 14 for that. Uh, now, I'm speculating a little bit about those details, but certain details are clear. Jesus is not talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in the first century, at least not alone. I can see where people interpreted it that way, but he's talking about an event so cataclysmic as to take out all life if it were not suspended from heaven. And he's talking about the moments just before his coming. Now let all that sink in, will you? Heaven, come back. This prophecy is far from over. But oh my, what a prophecy. What a word from God. Thank you for listening. Look around my site, will you? Hundreds and hundreds of audios featuring great preachers and persecution stories. Bible studies. If you desire more fellowship, please consider visiting Pasturelands on YouTube or buy one of my books at, at Amazon.com. Contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com and I'll share details of our local ministry, our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men, our Tuesday noon meeting for men and women. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. And this audio is being released on June 1, 2022. Lord willing, we'll talk again. I mean, real soon. Bye-bye.